Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, before you take a seat, find somebody close by to you and tell them, I love Jesus. And then you may take your seat. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to see you all tonight on this nice hot day. Woo! Yeah. Uh, we thank God that uh, we can come into a church that's not as hot as it is outside. And I know you're grateful for that. But, um, uh, it's a wonderful time of year. Uh, nothing like hearing birds sing and crickets chirp and all that good stuff. And uh, thank God for his goodness. You know, you don't have to look hard to just find the simple things of life to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the simple things of life. Just the things that you've done, uh, which just might seem to some like accessories. You know, the way God has accessorized this earth. But uh, what a blessing it is to, to be able to recognize the true source from which all beauty comes. And it all comes from him. The creator, the most amazing, the most creative being in the whole universe that never runs out of creativity will paint a unique sunset in the sky every night. Somebody got to say hallelujah and recognize how awesome and how wonderful our God is. Amen. Uh, greetings to you on behalf of Pastor John. Pastor John is in the building tonight. He's got a meeting going on. And uh, uh, it was one that was pre-planned. And uh, he had asked me to go ahead and uh, continue along the lines of healing as we've been doing for some time. And uh, that's what we're going to do. But I also want you to uh, make you aware of the opportunity that we have to give tonight. Those of you that are in the house and want to go ahead and give in person, you'll have that opportunity on your way out. We've got the offering envelopes, pens, and the offering containers right out near the back door. Uh, you can go ahead and fill out your envelope, put in your offering there, either, you know, cash or, and if you're making the check payable, you can make that payable to FCC. Anybody? that's here or watching tonight that wanted to go ahead and give via text, you can just follow the instructions, uh, 77977. If you've done that already, then uh, you're in. If you need to set up for the first time, you can do that. But that's another opportunity, another means of uh, giving. And then also you can go ahead and give directly on the website, faithccenter.com. Those of you that might be watching that want to mail your uh, tithe or offering in, you can go ahead and make the check payable to FCC. Just drop it in the mail to Faith Christian Center, 95 Sagamore Road, Seekonk, Massachusetts, 02771. And what a blessing it is to, to give God what belongs to him and to invest in the kingdom of God. It is awesome. Amen. Praise God. Well, I tell you, we are very blessed to be with you tonight. I appreciate Pastor John asking me to... Uh, minister along the lines of, of uh, healing and continue uh, the, the thought that we've been on for quite some time, combination of what Pastor John got started and, and what I've been able to hop on into <laughs> at some point along the way. But uh, I want to go ahead and continue the thought of uh, God is willing to heal you. And uh, I shared on this, I believe it was about three weeks back, um, but I want to go ahead and, uh, be able to dig more into this and, and, and what, what I see and what I believe that you'll see tonight as we dig into the word, uh, we're not necessarily, uh, dealing with the nuts and bolts of proving a case that, uh, you see, yeah, there's no doubt about it, you know, that it's God's will for you to be healed. Yeah, we're not approaching it from a, a, a build a case standpoint. Uh, we could, but I guess we're taking a little different approach with it. We're doing it like this, that if, uh, if I didn't want you to come to my house, I want to give you directions. Hey, hey. 
But, but the same way with God, if God did not want you well, if God did not want you healthy, if God did not want you to live long on the earth, why on earth would he have given you instructions to do so? And so here's the thing. What we're going to do is just take a walk through the word tonight, and we're just going to let the word speak to us. The word will make the case for itself. I don't need to work hard at making the case. The word itself will make the case. Hallelujah. Are you ready for this? God is willing to heal you. And the last time I ministered on this, which was about three weeks ago, we, we covered God's will in several areas. First of all, that, that his willingness to heal you is seen in the way that he shepherds his people. We saw that God had a complaint against the shepherds of Israel because they did not uh, uh, heal the diseased or strengthen that which was sick. You can see that over in Ezekiel 34. And then God started describing the kind of shepherd that he is. And when he described himself, he described himself as one who would strengthen the sick and heal the diseased. And the complaint he had against the shepherds of Israel was that they weren't doing that. So God himself defined the way a shepherd ought to be. Hallelujah. And he defined himself as healer. Glory to God. And then we also noticed this. We also saw... Uh, his willingness revealed in uh, uh, just some of the Old Testament types of healing that we see in the, the full substance of the New Testament. Like, for instance, uh, when God first identified himself as Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that heals you. He did that in the context of the children of Israel just having got out of Egypt, crossed over the Red Sea, and came to a place named Marah, where the waters were bitter and they could not drink it. Moses, instructed by God, took uh, a tree and threw it in the water. And then what was bitter was now made sweet. It was drinkable now. And the children of Israel could go ahead and find refreshing water there in the desert. Now, it's interesting, when we think tree, uh, we, we might let that go over our head, except the Bible makes it, plain that in the New Testament that Jesus, when he became a curse for us, he became a curse for us by hanging on a tree. A tree being a reference not just to some tree out in the, the, the woods somewhere or in your backyard, but the tree being a reference uh, to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That as Moses threw that tree in the water and that bitter water was made sweet, that when the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is applied to the bitter situations of our life, the bitter is made sweet. Come on now. Amen. And then we also saw the, uh, the beauty of Jesus being our Passover lamb and that at the original Passover when the, the blood of the lamb was applied to the door, it was protection where death might have wanted to come into that house and invade that house. But the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel above the door uh, hindered that, that, that spirit of death, that death angel from coming in and bringing death into that house. And in the same way, the blood of Jesus, the Passover lamb, having been applied to our lives, having been applied to the doorway or the access into our house and into our heart, hallelujah, any, any death angel, any spirit that wants to come and invade has to get by the blood. And I got to tell you, count on this. If there's anything in the world that the devil is deathly afraid of, it is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. And then we also saw the uh, serpent on the pole. The, the fact that uh, there was a time where the children of Israel got a whole lot of snake bites because they got into disobedience, got into trouble. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, so they were being bitten by snakes, a whole lot of people dying. God instructed Moses to, to make a, a, a bronze or a brass serpent and put it up on a pole and set it in the midst of the camp so that anybody who fixed their gaze on that would live. And, and would survive. And it's interesting, you might think, well, that's kind of an odd thing in Scripture, and just go right on by. But you know what? 
Jesus in John chapter 3 says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So if in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, you could go ahead and have the people gaze at some bronze serpent that was put up under the instruction of God and, and, and that they could be healed just by the look. What about us when we gaze upon him who died for us, when we gaze upon him who is our substitute, who did the, the crime or, or did the time for our crime? Hey, when we gaze upon him, glory to God, just in the same way that those Israelites received benefit, we receive benefit. We get healed of our snake bites, whatever your snake bite might be, hallelujah, by gazing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also talked about several other things. We talked about the, uh, the, the willingness of God seen in Christ's redemptive work. The fact that Isaiah said that we're healed by his stripes. And that first Peter, Peter said, after the fact, looking back to Calvary, looking back to what Jesus said, he said, by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. And if you were, then you are. Amen. And uh, we also saw his willingness uh, in bringing life to our mortal bodies. We looked at something like Romans eight eleven that says that the spirit of him, the raised Christ from the dead, will also quicken, make alive our mortal bodies. And also 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11, talking about the life of Jesus being manifested in our body or manifested in our mortal flesh. So what I want to do tonight and I'll try to get through all three of these if we got time. Um, it would be to see God's willingness in the fact that he gave us his word and that his word is medicine, that the word of God is actually, actually has medicinal benefit for our bodies. Not, not just the fact that it can go ahead and do something for our spirit or do something for our soul, but that it can also absolutely do something for your physical body. And we're going to also look at the fact, besides the fact that God's given us his word, that he's also given us his strength, and that the very strength of God, you will see the, the connection that that has to the healing and the health of our bodies. And then one other thing we're going to look at is God's promise of long life. Are you ready to dig into this with me? So a whole lot of scripture tonight. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, I believe that this will just have a, uh, uh, shall we say, a pounding effect. It won't be pounding on you. It'll pound the doubt out of you. <laughs> it won't be pounding you. It, it'll pound sickness right out of you. Hallelujah. And first of all, taking a look at the fact that God has given us his word and that his word is medicine, there is medicinal properties in the word of God that can drive sickness out of your body. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. And it says this, and I'll tell you, these are some priceless words in the scripture, words to hold on to. Because this is the word talking about itself. This is the word talking about the word. <laughs> and what to do with the word. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. The word health uh, the, the Hebrew word could also be translated medicine. So think about this. For they, what, what's they? They is my words, are life to those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. So when I tell you tonight that we're going to hear a whole lot of scripture, look at a whole lot of scripture, what does that tell you? That means we're going to go ahead and be taking a whole lot of good medicine tonight. A whole lot of good medicine that has built within it everything that is necessary to drive out any kind of sickness or disease out of your body. Hallelujah. 
But it only works if you take it. So you ready to take it? Come on, take your medicine tonight. You can't OD on this. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, Jesus describes not just a, a you know, a, a little dose here and a little dose there. Jesus, uh, when being tempted by the enemy, actually quoted out of the book of Deuteronomy and, uh, uh, and, and made this statement to the enemy when the enemy said, well, if you are the son of God, then command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are called to live on the word. We live by the word. You know, in the same way you think of your, uh, your, your body needs fuel. So, uh, you know, if you don't have food and, and water in your body, uh, then you're, you're lacking fuel that you need to function. Well, God has called us to function by his word. To be able to have his word as our fuel. To, that, that, that in the same way that, that bread would go ahead and uh, feed us on one level. That God's word has the opportunity to feed us. And that, that we can live and that we can go ahead and, and uh, keep on moving and keep on doing, uh, doing our life the way God's called us to do our life. And it's by his word. We're living by his word. You know, in the same way that you eat bread, you can eat the word. Did you realize that? Hey, you know, Jeremiah wrote, your words were found and I ate them. That's Jeremiah 15 and verse uh, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to do some eating tonight. I want to go ahead. If there's if there's healing properties, medicinal properties in the word, I want to ingest that into my system so that the very, very same medicine that's in the word, when it gets in me, it's going to go ahead and heal my body. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said in John six sixty three, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. These are life-giving words we're talking about here tonight. Words that impart life. Words that bring life with them. We know we're talking about healing words. God's word describes it so beautifully in Psalm 107 and verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. Whoa, yeah. And delivered them from their destructions. Hallelujah. Well, he didn't just send it to somebody else to heal somebody else. I want you that are under the sound of my voice in the room and on live stream tonight to know that God sent his word to you to heal you and to deliver you from destruction. You know, the, 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 uh, the foundation of, of the word and what the word can do is amazing. You know, in the ministry of Jesus, you see it? Matthew 8, remember the, the centurion, the one who Jesus complimented his faith? And, and he said this, Lord, uh, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I want you to know that it was not just the fact that this centurion uh, recognized the authority that Jesus had. But I want you to realize that he understood the power of one word, that one word out of the mouth of Jesus, that there was healing in that word, and that all Jesus had to do was to speak a word and his servant would be healed. Can we have that much confidence in the word of God? Can we have that much confidence in what God said? That, that because he's spoken a word and he's already put it out there and we've got his word. We've got it in writing. We've got it in the document, in the Bible, right there for us to look at, right there for us to, to heed and to listen to and to look at when we read it. Okay, can we put that much confidence in the word of God and say, yep, that's all I need to be healed is that right there. I, I, don't, 
I don't need flash and I, I, I don't need a, a preacher with, with a, a, a flashy suit or anything like that. And I, hey, I, I don't mind flashy suits. I am a preacher who likes flashy suits. So, you know, I, nothing against the suit. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about that the, there's, no, uh, 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 there, there's, the, there's no need for, for excess or, or, or grandeur of any kind. Just the simplicity of God said something. And right there, that's good enough for me. I can sink my teeth into that. That's all I need. I don't need anything else to be healed. I got a word from God. Hallelujah. And in the same way that that centurion sunk his teeth into that, we can sink our teeth into the word. Right there in that same chapter, a little bit later, it said that Jesus cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Cast out the spirits with the word. Ooh, hallelujah. You know, I love the words of Psalm 119, verse 50. It said, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. Your word has given me life. It, we, we need to start looking at the word of God this way. Because here's the thing, if you don't look at the Word of God this way, then you don't have faith for it to be that to you and deliver that to you. And so therefore, you won't get the benefit of that. But to get the benefit of it, we need to recognize God as who He is, His Word as what it is, and having the power that it has to, to bring healing to us, and then sink our teeth into that. Your Word has given me life. Check this out, Psalm 119, the same chapter, verse 25, but in the Amplified Classic, it says, my earthly life cleaves to the dust, revive and stimulate me according to your word. This is not talking about heavenly life, this is talking about earthly life, that your earthly life can be revived, that your earthly life can be stimulated according to the word of God. Mm-mm. Somebody get happy about that tonight. Hallelujah. And then, of course, uh, I know you all remember, uh, maybe not everybody, but those that have been around a while will remember that famous verse in the New Testament talking about the Word being a sword, the sword of the Spirit. And it starts off by saying that the Word of God is living and powerful. Can you see the word of God that way as being living and powerful, living in that it's alive and that the very life that's in it, that, that it's able to bring that life and deposit that same life, not a different life, not life 2.0, but the very same life that's in the word can be deposited in you. When you deposit the word of God into you, when you receive it into your ears, when you receive it into your heart, that you put yourself in a position where the very, very, very same life that is in that word, when you deposit the word in you, you're also depositing that same life in you. You're also depositing that same power into you. You're also depositing that, that same ability to heal and deliver from destruction into you when you get a hold of the word of God. Can we see the word as it really is. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. How about realizing that we have his strength? We have his strength. And what, what, um, what kind of impact can be had on a sick person when they come into contact with strength, especially when you understand that strength is usually related to health, weakness is usually related to sickness. God wants you strong. Hallelujah. I want to take a look at something. This is very telling. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14, out of the Amplified Classic, says this. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak 
and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Can you get a hold of this tonight? The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. So it means that if he's being sustained, that means that the bodily pain or trouble doesn't get the best of him. By him being sustained, he's getting the very best of the bodily pain and the trouble. And how does this happen? By being strong in spirit. Now you, God has created us, human beings, as three-part beings. Spirit, soul, and body. And, you know, we understand the idea of being strong in spirit, uh, strong in your body, you know, li- lifting those weights, oh yeah, working those biceps and triceps and, and those abs and, and, and everything else, you know. Uh, and, and the Bible says that, you know, even though there's little profit there compared to eternity, there still is profit in it. The Bible clearly says Bodily exercise profits, but it says it profits a little. Godliness is profitable to all things. Having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. So nothing wrong with bodily exercise. As a matter of fact, it's important uh, uh, and beneficial for sure. But, but this is not talking about the strength of your body, and it's not talking about the strength of your mind. You know, uh, I, I love word games. So, I mean, I do things that can make my mind stay sharp, but, but strength of mind is not what this is talking about either. It's not strength of body or strength of mind. This is talking about strength of spirit. Hallelujah. Well, you want to be strong in spirit. That means your spirit needs to have a good diet, regularly eating and feeding on the word of God, and then have regular exercise, which is not just intaking and intaking and intaking and never putting anything out, but spiritual exercise. If spiritual feeding is eating the word, then spiritual exercise is being a doer of the word. Hallelujah. You see that? So, the, by doing those two things, eating good food and then exercising, that's how a person becomes strong in spirit. They are uh, a feeder on the word. They, they regularly feed on the word, and then they do the word that they're feeding on. And by so doing, when you have a strong spirit, the strong spirit of a person will sustain them in bodily pain or trouble. Glory be to God forever. And you know what? This shows a pattern of strength happening on the inside first to the outside. Inside first and then to the outside. And if you're trying to do it outside first and not taking care of inside first, you've got things out of order. Because God prioritizes Inside first. As I've, I once coined a a little phrase that went like this. If you only work on your external, but you're not working on your internal, you're not working on your eternal. All right. Just in case that went over your head one more time. If you're only working on your external, but you're not working on your internal, then you're not working on your eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want to work on my eternal, so I'm going to work on my internal. I'm going to make sure I have a strong spirit. Is there another verse of Scripture that would promote the same thing? Absolutely. It's in the New Testament. It's 3 John verse 2, the words of the Apostle John, where he said, Beloved, I pray uh, uh, above all things that you would prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Remember that? So that prioritizes what's happening on the inside first, and then it happens on the outside. So John said, yep, I want you to prosper, I want you to be in health, but I want that to happen on the outside as it's happening on the inside. That, that your soul would prosper, that the, the inner part of you would prosper, and that following that you would prosper externally and be healthy externally. Amen. Now, uh, we're going to actually read this verse later, but I just want to refer to it right now. Remember when Paul was talking about the Lord's table, and uh, this is 1 Corinthians 11, and he was talking about 
the danger of uh, eating and drinking uh, uh, of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. And he used the term, he called it not discerning the Lord's body or not rightly discerning or properly discerning the Lord's body, which is a twofold meaning. Because first of all, we know that the Lord's body could refer to his, his physical body that, that was broken for us and, and his blood was poured out on the cross. And we, we can so appreciate the fact that, that wounds were laid upon the physical body of Jesus and that by his wounds we are healed. Amen. But then also the other aspect of meaning there as far as rightly discerning the Lord's body is not just rightly discerning or appreciating what happened to Jesus on our behalf, but also recognizing the, the body of Christ as being the church. And then another aspect of rightly discerning the Lord's body can be to walk in love towards one another and to, to, uh, to be in union together with other members of the body of Christ and not be or in opposition with, with other members of the body, just as you would not want members of your own body to be in opposition with each other. You would not want your body working against itself. And uh, you would not want the body of Christ to be that way either. So that's a twofold meaning, appreciating the fact of what Jesus did for us and his body being broken uh, and wound, wounded whereby we can be healed, but also the fact that, that his body is the church and that by walking in love with our fellow brothers and sisters, by doing that, we're also rightly discerning the Lord's body, okay? Now that's a little side trip to get to this part because what Paul said was that if you are not rightly discerning the Lord's body, that the penalty is this. Many of you would be weak, sick, or that you'd sleep, which is a metaphor for dying prematurely. So if you are not functioning in a way and operating in a way where uh, you are rightly discerning the Lord's body, then you can expect to be weak and sick and even die before your time. But what if you do it right? What if you do rightly discern and properly discern the Lord's body? Then you get the reverse of that curse. Instead of being weak, you're strong. Instead of being sick, you're healthy. And instead of having your life snuffed out early, you get the blessing of long life. Amen. Hallelujah. But I, I say that just to once again emphasize the fact that when you do things right with God, his strength comes on the picture. Rather than weakness coming on the picture, weakness came on the picture when you weren't doing things right when you weren't doing it according to the way that the Lord had uh, prescribed it to be done. But I tell you, when, when you go ahead and get, uh, uh, get under God's umbrella and get into God's flow, you are hooking yourself up with the opportunity to, to be strong instead of weak. When other people who've gone this way are experiencing weakness, but, but you say, I'm not going that way. I'm not going to be turned to the right or the left. I'm going the Lord's way. And when you go the Lord's way, rather than having weakness, you have strength. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say about strength? It says a whole lot about it. You know, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Woo. How about this, Psalm 1832? It is God who arms me with strength. Does somebody need some of that tonight? Someone say, yeah, Lord, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Psalm 2911, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. How about this? Directly related to our health. This is Psalm 41. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Verse 2. 
The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Verse 3, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. Well, let me tell you this. If you're getting strengthened on the bed of your illness, then guess what? That's not the bed of your illness anymore. No, that's just the bed you were lying in on, but now that you got that dose of strength going through you, you're getting out of that bed, hallelujah. Because <laughs> strong people don't lay in a bed of illness. So you see, you might have been laying in that bed of illness, but when the Lord strengthens you on your bed of illness, you come off your bed of illness. And he sustains him on his sick bed. Yeah, you might have been on a sick bed, but the Lord sustained you sustained you, kept you going to the point where you got that dose of strength from him where you could come off the bed of illness. Hallelujah. You see, we need to feed on this. Feed on this. Because you know what? When you feed on this, thank God for the cures that we have. Thank God for the cure. But how many of you have ever heard that, let's see, what is it that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? That rather than you just having to go ahead and be sick and get healthy, when you start feeding on stuff like this on a regular basis, you know you're putting yourself in a position to maintain good health in your body. Hallelujah. What is often, where we can often use the term Walking in divine health, which is different from healing because healing is like, all right, I'm sick. I need to get healed. I receive my healing. Praise the Lord. But you know what? Walking in divine health means that, that, that you were able to, to uh, even though the enemy may have wanted to take you out, that, that you were able to go ahead and, and, and not have to succumb to every blow that comes on by the way and everything that he wants to do with you. You are not the enemy's punching bag, somebody. Thank God. Thank God that you can walk in divine health and you can actually uh, walk in strength and not always be in a position where I'm, I'm the sick person who went into the healing line to get healed. But, but you can say, no, I'm, I'm the healed person now who wants to look for somebody who needs to be healed and lay hands on them so they can be healed. You know, God wants us to grow and develop. It's kind of like this. You're always a disciple in a certain sense because you're always learning and you're always growing. But, you know, God wants uh, us to, to go through a, a transition where we're not always only being disciple, but that we can also be disciple maker. You see, that's a sign of growth. That's not just us being me, 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 me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. But know that you can actually look out for somebody else who needs the word, who needs time, who needs attention. And you can go ahead and give it to them rather than you be the only one who wants to get it for yourself. That's called growth. That's called growing up. Well, in this area, rather than always being the person who needs to get in the prayer line, it would feel pretty good to say, you know what? I won't be the person who want to go out and pray for people. Hallelujah. Am I stirring up something in you tonight? Am I stirring up something in you that says, you know what? I don't want to just go from, from one knock to the next, you know, from, from one crazy allergy season to the next crazy allergy season or, or one flu season to the next flu season or anything like that. As opposed to saying, glory to God, I, I want to go ahead and, and get this in me so deeply that it's not just good enough to heal me, it's also good enough to keep me well. Mm, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. That's exciting news. Amen. That's for somebody tonight. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Listen to this, Psalm 68, 28. Your God has commanded your strength. Woo, your God has commanded your strength. Right there in the same chapter, verse 35. 
Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Does someone feel your strength coming on tonight? Psalm 71, 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Oh yeah. I'll tell you what. You see, this is what I was talking about earlier. When, when you got verse after verse after verse, it's a pounding effect. But it's not pounding you. It's pounding doubt right out of you. It's pounding weakness right out of you. And infusing strength into you. Glory to God. Let's look at two verses out of Psalm 84. Psalm 84, 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Now, now this is what we were talking about. Rather than, all right, I, I, yeah, I, I was sick and I got healed. And then, boom, you get knocked down again and I'm up again. And boom, you got knocked down again and you're up again. And you know what? Sometimes you get knocked down. Hey. You know what? We got an enemy who's trying to get us. There's no doubt about it. But I got to tell you, I know that there's a place in God where even though we're still having to deal with an enemy, and, you know, life is not a picnic on this earth. We know that. This is a fallen world. But we still can go from strength to strength. That, that we can go from one level of strength onto another level of strength. As the Bible also says, you can go from glory to to glory. You can go from faith to faith. Well, guess what? You can go from strength to strength. Hallelujah. Let the vision of the kind of life that God's got for you, let that grow inside of you. That, that, that you, some of the things you might have allowed yourself in times past to be just content with or settle for, that you would not settle for that anymore, especially when you realize that God's got something so much better. How about this? This is Deuteronomy 34.7 out of the New Living Bible. And this is talking about Moses. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Hallelujah. You know, somebody once said, well, don't you have to get sick? To die? And the real truth of the matter is that you don't. You know, Jacob, one of the patriarchs, you know, we, we hear about the, the God of Israel. Well, before, uh, uh, be, before uh, 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 his name became Israel, he was known as Jacob. God changed his name to Israel. But when it's talking about the God of Israel, it's talking about him. That's who Israel is. The guy formerly known as Jacob the guy who was trying to trick his brother all the time. Imagine that. God can use anybody. Hallelujah. But I want you to realize this. That put that verse up again. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. So these children of Israel, children of who was formerly known as Jacob, being led by this man through the wilderness, he was 120 years old, his sight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. Imagine that. Imagine that you would, you know, and I mean, I know age happens, but, but is, there, is there some way where we can actually improve in areas as we're getting older? Is that possible? Well, it's got to be possible if the Bible says it's possible. Hallelujah. You know, we always think of things going downward. You know, you get over the hill and then what happens when you're over the hill, then you're going down the hill, Right. But, but I got to tell you, can, can we change our thinking? Can we change our thinking to think that I'm not going from strength where I was once this, 
young specimen of strength and then everything that used to go north went south lord have mercy no no can can we change our thinking and and to be able to see ourselves through the lens of the word of god as going from strength to strength and and that and that we can rather than things having to diminish and fade out and fizzle out that we can go ahead and run across the finish line strong i remember what i was about to tell you a minute ago Israel, or Jacob, when he died, you know what he did? Got the whole family together, prophesied to them, spoke words over them, blessing over them, got up in bed and let her rip. So the idea, well, don't you have to go ahead and get sick to die? No, you don't. As a matter of fact, uh, someone who was a, a, a great mentor to so many in the body of Christ, Kenneth E. Hagan would talk about the days when he pastored. And, uh, of course, he pastored, you know, different churches for about a 12-year period of time. And during that time, he didn't bury one of his church members. He did funerals, but not for a church member. Of course, I mean, if he was in one place and was there long enough, he eventually would have. But because of the fact that he moved around, you know, pastored one place for a few years and another place for a few years, he never actually buried a church member. But here's the thing. He had to talk a few church members out of dying. And they would say, oh, come on, Brother Hagin, just let us go. Let me go. I'm ready to go. And he'd say, let the Lord heal you first, and then you can go if you want to. Imagine that. And you know what he'd say? Someone who was near death would go ahead and get into the Word with him, just like we talked about tonight, start taking their medicine. They'd get healed. And you know what happened when they get healed? They didn't want to die anymore. They weren't saying, let me go, let me go, I'm ready to go, just let me go. No, because when they got to feeling better, they wanted to keep on doing more for God. i tell you what, may, may our minds be renewed tonight. Hallelujah. Because this is not just being healthy for the sake of being healthy. No, this is being healthy so that you can run your race, run your race strong, and know that you have poured out every ounce of what you needed to pour out to get the will of God done for your life and fulfill the purpose for which he put you here. And so you can stand before him and hear the words, well done, hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and... uh, uh, skip down because I'd like to get into this long life issue here tonight. And I want to take the last bit of our time here and get into that. So we're going to go ahead and uh, skip over the two Isaiah verses, the, the Joel verse and the Psalm verse. And uh, we're going to pick up with Hebrews nine twenty seven. Now, we're going to look at God's willingness to heal and God's willingness for us to be healthy as seen in his promise of long life. But first of all, we need to deal with this because there is um, a thought based out of this verse here that, that is really an incorrect thought that needs to be corrected. This verse here says, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And people would often misquote this and say, you see, everybody's got their time to go. And the time comes when your number's up, and when your number's up, there's nothing you can do about it. How many of you have heard that kind of thinking before? I'm going to tell you why that is unscriptural. Because the Bible, and we're going to see it as we get into this tonight, clearly teaches that there are things that you can do that will shorten your days, And there are things that you can do that will lengthen your days. Now, if you're going to say that God knows when someone's going to die, I can agree with that because God certainly knows. But but to say that there's this predetermined time and that's it, there's nothing that can be done about it, that's not scriptural. King Hezekiah, who is one of the kings of Judah, the, the... Prophet Isaiah came to him and said, get your house in order because you're going to surely die. And started walking out the palace. 
Hezekiah started praying. And before Isaiah left the palace campus, <laughs> he came around and said, all right, the Lord's heard you, and he's going to add 15 more years to your life. So we see, and we're going to see tonight, if there are things that can be done that can shorten a person's life or things that can be done that can add to a person's life, then we know that this verse is not saying that everybody's got a time to go and when your time comes, that's it. It says everybody's got a time. It says it is appointed unto men to die once. God knows when that once is going to happen. We can agree on that. But to say that there's nothing that can be done about it is certainly not true because the Bible teaches otherwise. Now remember before we talked about that verse in 1 Corinthians 11 about the, the Lord's table and, uh, and you know rightly discerning the Lord's body and the need to do that. Let's take a look at it right now. This is 1 Corinthians 11, 29 and 30. Paul's talking about the, the Lord's table here. He says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Now, I want to focus in on sleep here. And I said before that that's a metaphor for really uh, dying prematurely. But I want to look at, uh, uh, actually, I no, no, they don't have that back there, but I want to read this to you. This is the message translation of that verse, verse 30. It says, that's why so many of you even now are listless and sick and others have gone to an early grave. So by not discerning the Lord's body, people go to an early grave. Well, I want you to know it is not God's will for you or me or anybody to go to an early grave. Now, the people have, people that have gone to heaven. So here's the thing. I mean, hey, first of all, uh, you can't throw a rock at somebody who wants to go to heaven. Because I got to tell you, the, the reason why some of us are still here is we just didn't get that close as they did. Because we got that close, we might want to go too. Heaven's desirable. Heaven's not an undesirable place. I mean, you think about the way that Paul thought about it. He said, oh, to depart and be with Christ is far better, but I know y'all still need me here, so I'll hang out for your sake. But if it was up to him, he said, I'm out of here. So, so you know, he, the, the idea of being with Jesus, the idea of, of going to be with the Lord is a wonderful thing, but yet at the same time, uh, the, there's absolutely no doubt about it that the Lord has laid out in his word a promise to believers of long life. Think about this. This is the words of Ecclesiastes 7, verse 17. It says, do not be overly wicked nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? See that? Why be foolish? Why be overly wicked? Why, why go crazy, you know? And, and just give your flesh anything it wants to do. And then end up dying before your time. Is that worth it? No, it's not worth it. Because I don't want to go ahead and stand before the Lord and have left unfinished business here. I want to go and stand before the Lord saying, every bit of what I needed to do, I got it done. Hallelujah. And you know, thank God. Thank God. Uh, what an opportunity we have. What an opportunity we have to just go out there and, and, and believe for God's very best. Think about this, Job 5.26. You shall come to the grave at a full age as a sheaf of grain ripens in its season. Someone say, full age. Let's go to Psalm 34. Check this out. Psalm 34 uh, it says, who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? So this is not talking about a few days. This is talking about many days. How to live many days? This is how. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is what to do if you desire life and love many days. Hallelujah. And that's not the only place that appears in the Bible because Peter quotes it in his epistle, 
First Peter chapter 3, 10 and 11. We're in Psalm, go to Psalm 92, check this out. Psalm 92, and we'll start with verse 12. It says, uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Listen to this. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great thought to be bearing fruit in old age? Fresh and flourishing. The God's Word translation of that says they are always healthy and fresh. Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be fun to look at the person next to you and say, oh, you're such a freshie. <laughs> you're so fresh. The New American Standard Bible says they shall be full of sap and very green. And now you'd have to look at somebody next to you and say, oh, you're so sappy. You're just sappy. And then the Young's Little Translation says, the still they bring forth in old age, fat and flourishing are they. Well, you know you're not going to call anybody fat, so you can look to the person next to you and say, you're so flourishing, aren't you? <laughs> Glory to God. You see, this is the, the, the potential that's out there. And yet what you hear in the world is you hear the exact opposite. You, you hear out in the world that, uh, you know, it's all downhill from here. But I got to tell you, I, I prefer God's plan to anybody else's. You know, Proverbs 3, 1 through 2. You want to live a long life? It's all connected with the word. He's talking about the law. He's talking about the commands. What's he talking about? He's talking about the word. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for a length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Woo! Proverbs 4.10, hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. Can we just have a little word machine gun fire here and let it impact you tonight? Look, check this out. The, these uh, next several verses are out of the uh, New Living Translation. 1 Kings 3.14, out of the New Living. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands, as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Deuteronomy 4, verse 40, out of the New Living Translation. If you obey all the decrees and commands I'm giving you today... All will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Deuteronomy 5 verse 33, also in the New Living. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in, in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Can someone see a theme here? So we saw it in Deuteronomy 4. We saw it in Deuteronomy 5. How about chapter 6? Here we go, verse 2. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. How about Deuteronomy 30? 19 to 20, also out of the NLT. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Now verse 20. You can make this choice, the choice for life, by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Woo! Does it get any better? How about some more? Can you stand a few more? We'll stand a few more and we'll get you out early. Well, earlier than 9 o'clock, anyway. All right, here we go. I'll tell you, this is, you, you see, we, we talked about this, the pounding effect. The, the, the fact that just hearing the word, and hearing the word, and hearing the word. And I'll tell you, if you didn't get it by one, you got it from the other. If, if, if one angle didn't hit you, 
The other angle will hit you. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 13 through 16. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Talking about wisdom now. And the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. And her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Hallelujah. That's talking about wisdom. How about the fear of the Lord or, or what we would call the reverence of the Lord? Look at this. This is Proverbs 9, 10, 11. Chapter 9, verse 10, 11, I should say. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you. Woo, glory to God, somebody. Can you imagine that? That by fearing the Lord, reverencing the Lord, honoring him, that years of life would be added to you. How about Proverbs 10, 27? The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. But when you fear the Lord, you're not taking days away from you. No, you're adding days to you. Hallelujah. And um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and skip Ephesians 6. I tell you, it's, it's your homework assignment to go ahead to Ephesians 6 and read verse 1 through 3. And that's all I'm going to say. That's your homework assignment. All right, everybody? Three verses. You can handle that. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And make sure you're doing it. Psalm 91, let's go ahead and go there. Psalm 91, verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Woo, do you want to be satisfied with long life? God said, God himself said that he will satisfy you with a long life. Let's read one more verse. Check this out. This is Exodus, Exodus 23, 25 to 26 out of the Message Bible. It says, but you, you serve your God and he'll bless your food and your water. I'll get rid of the sickness among you. There won't be any miscarriages nor barren women in your land. I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. He said, I'll satisfy with your long life. And here he says, I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. Can we get this to be part of our mentality? Can we get this to be part of our vocabulary? You know, I, uh, in, in praying for my daughter and, and part, part of our, uh, our, our nighttime prayer ritual, uh, you know, there, there's times where you always pray, you know, based on the needs of the day. But there are some things that I would pray all the time, consistently. And I would say, I, I, I pray for her. I say, you will serve the Lord and the Lord only all the days of your very long life. And I got into the habit of early of speaking to her the expectation of obeying God and living a long life. Hallelujah. And I got to tell you, you, you might think tonight, well, you know what? You know, that's great. But uh, uh, you know, might be too far gone for me because of all the times that I've messed up and all the all, all the things that I've done that where, where I've blown it. But I want you to know that 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 God looks at it like this. You know, when God examines somebody's life, He doesn't look at the the messes they did along the way. He looks at the way they ended. You know, the way God speaks of Abraham, the the the, the way Romans four describes Abraham where the Holy Spirit was speaking through the Apostle Paul, he said that, that he, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, 
Well, you read Abraham's story, you can see that he staggered a few times. Was God confused and mistaken? No, God's not just keeping record of the trips along the way. God's looking at how the story ends. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, I've had my trips along the way. So, so can we just talk here? I've tripped up along the way, and so have you. But glory to God, it's good to know that God's not looking at you based on uh, how things have been or what may have happened along the way. He's looking at how the story ends, and God wants your story to end well with you doing the will of God for your life, with you pursuing him, pursuing peace, loving peace, and, and, and walking in love with people, and, and, and pursuing all of the things that God's commanded in your life. So that you can go ahead and stand before him with confidence. But the thing is, is that God's will is for you to have long life so that you can go ahead and do everything that he put you here to do. And that not one part of it be left out, not one part of it be undone, but that the whole ball, the whole combination, the, 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 the whole thing, the whole package, that's what I'm looking for would be done and accomplished. Hallelujah. And as long as you need to get it done, glory to God, God wants to go ahead and, and, and prolong your life and prolong years to you, add years to you. Because remember what we saw tonight is when you fear him and when you honor him and, and when, when you walk in wisdom and walk in obedience, those things don't take away from your life. They add to your life. They add years to your life. And that's not just talking about something that will add quantity to your life, but glory to God, it will also add quality to your life. Can somebody say, thank God for his promise of long life. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray tonight. Father, we honor you. We're so grateful for the word of God. Lord, we've seen wonderful and amazing things tonight. And uh, we're, we're just thrilled. We're thrilled at what we've seen and what you provided for us. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're going to continue to meditate in these things. We're not going to let it slip, but we're going to continue to renew our mind and to see what's there, to see what's possible as we walk in you. And Lord, that we'll go ahead and enjoy the full blessing that you've designed us to experience. Father, I pray for anybody under the sound of my voice, either here in this room or those that might be live streaming tonight. And Lord, anybody that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you that they're coming under the, the, the realization of, uh, of the, the truth, the, coming under the, the, the conviction of the Spirit of God.